You found it. The no-nonsense, no-script podcast you've been waiting for. Real people on real issues. Welcome to Dynamic Independence. The home of logic, reason, and common sense. Let's do it. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. I'm Johnny Anderson, and I'm joined today by Bruce Adams. Good afternoon, Bruce. How are you today? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm still alive and, you know, well, uh, uh-huh. a bit tired, but yeah, good uh-huh. otherwise. How did you find yesterday's podcast? Uh, actually, I, I kind of, um, I enjoyed it, and I expected it to be a little bit more hostile, if you will. I, I was yeah. I was kind of prepping for the worst, if you will. In, yeah, in I was sense. too. When, when GP had told us, he says, I, hey, I got this guy uh, who contacted me. He wants to come on. And I said, OK, well, what's his you know, what's the topic he wants to cover? Well, apparently anyone that uh, doesn't wear a mask is a mass murderer. That's what I got. Right. That, that's what I got. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And in the initial stages, you, I mean, that's what you were expecting as well. And then we found right. out, wait a minute, uh, we, we, we agree here, so this, this doesn't work. So we had to kind of go another way with it. <laughs> so I was, I was expecting, I mean, I was like that guy that was, that was sitting there in the trench, right, with the barbed wire, waiting for the cavalry to come over top, right? Like, I, I was that guy, I was, mm-hmm. I was ready mm-hmm. for it. And it just never happened, but... That's okay. Maybe next anyway, time. maybe next time <laughs> we will get we will get one of these crazy loons out there. Some there's got to be one out there somewhere. I see them all over the TV and in the papers. They're there, so I refuse to believe that they're not out there. So where shall we start today? Should we start with your favorite? Should we start with Corona stuff? Should we get in? Should we get right into that? Or should we get into the well? There's the baseball talk and. There's, uh, you know what? Let's just do Corona stuff. Let, let's do some Corona mm-hmm. stuff because there's so much of this crap going on and that's all that's in the news. Well, it's, it's not all that's in the news, but it's a goodly percentage of what's happening. You've got 150 doctors, or excuse me, more than 150 doctors, meaning they've got 152 they've paid, that have endorsed an open letter to lawmakers urging them to hit the restart button. They're saying that we need to shut it all down and start over and do it right this time as if we've screwed everything up in the U.S. up to this point, which I'll agree there's been a lot of flukes and blunders and screw ups and this and that. Okay, fine. But that's coming from the mismanagement of government, not from the society making the decisions to self-govern and take what steps are necessary. That's where I would argue that the disconnect is. The health experts, right, these these health experts are arguing that, of course, people can't do it themselves. They're incapable of governing themselves. So we have to do it for them. Hmm. This is coming out of some uh, some very respected people at the University of California out of San Jose. Ah. They're saying, yeah, they're saying shut it down and start over. That's the message that health experts across the country are saying in more than 40 states. So the letter hmm. published on the United States Public Interest Research Group's website and penned by its public health campaign director, Matthew Wellington, blames the push for reopening the economy on the country's worsening health crisis and calls for all non-essential businesses to close. Dr. Travis Porco, an ophthalmologist, biostatistician, and professor at the University of California, San Francisco, sure, that wouldn't have anything to do with it, said he signed the letter, and he believes everybody that signed that endorses that and sees the crisis for what it is, a crisis that's not gotten any better. It's only gotten worse. It's because those that are in the positions of decision making, the decisions that they're taking in order to affect society, to shut society down, they're the ones that have made it worse. By them being inept and incompetent, 
about the decisions they've made, you've destroyed generations of wealth. You've destroyed people's lives. You've destroyed people's businesses. That's the crisis not mention, here. Not to mention the constitutional rights you've trampled upon and oh, people's yes. freedoms. Oh, yes. You can't go to church. Oh, you can go to church, but you can't sing. Uh-huh. Oh, wait, you can go back to church, but it can't be at a church. It can only be within 10 people in a study group. Uh huh. So, yes, there's that. And then, of course, you've got, you know, non-essential, essential. Why is Walmart open? Why is Target open? Mm-hmm. But yet mom and pop store down on the corner, they're not allowed to be open. The letter came with the warning. If you don't take these actions, the consequences will be measured in widespread suffering and death. You see how they're placating on people's fear? It's always doom and gloom. It's the worst, and it has to be the most dire predictions and all this. They always go right for the jugular when they when they put this out. I think we've already failed in comparison to many other countries. We've seen many countries act swiftly and efficiently to crush this pandemic. They're reopening, and they're doing fine. We didn't. We couldn't do that. That's because it's a political game. It's a political mm-hmm. game. It's an insurance racket. We talked about that yesterday. Yep. And, and it's nothing but a, it's it's a con game. It's a con game at this point. You've doctored with the test results. They had empty hospitals. It was nothing but a bunch of nonsense, nothing but a bunch of fear mongering. And then, of course, you had the employment now of contact tracers. You've got the businesses that have failed. So you've got 20, 20 something million people out of work, 30 million, I think, if you go by the real numbers or even higher. The contact tracers are not allowed to ask about the riots or the protests. They can't ask that question. And you notice in this thing, they're not talking about any of that. Just thought I'd throw that out there. So you can't make the comparison to another country around the world. Added to that, you don't have mismanagement when it comes to a lot of these other countries because you don't have little health officials here and there and everywhere making different little decisions and and destroying people's stuff. You had correct actions being taken by governments in some countries that were actually beneficial. For example, where I'm at, nobody lost their job. No one. And they spent less than a uh, less than a trillion in bailouts. Now, you can say, oh, OK, well, that's that's because they had, uh, you know, a, a dictatorial rule. No, you had 17 states that ruled individually based on the same type of federalist system, based on what they thought were the best actions to take. But yet the federal stepped in and said, OK, this is what we're going to do, because this is what all of you are telling us you need. And that was the end of it. They also took some other steps. They cut taxes, whereas we're talking about raising them. They didn't give bailout money to people. They made stacks of cash available to small businesses that needed them, but they have to pay that money back. So and I think Lufthansa also took a bailout. I'm not sure. Uh, I, I think they did. I think it was uh, I can't remember how much money it was. It was it, I think it was almost a billion or something, or maybe it was more than that. But anyway, it's warranted, nonetheless. It, it was warranted. Yeah, sure. Because they grounded the flights. So yeah. yeah, health experts also fear inconsistent messaging, unenforced policies. And what do you mean unenforced policies? Un- unenforced. Po- You're finding people that come out and open in their business. You're finding people that go to church. You're finding people that don't wear masks. Unenforced policies? Where you're talking about the people that haven't capitulated. You're talking about the the sheriffs that say, no, we're not going to enforce that. We can't enforce that because it's illegal. And pushback over mask wearing can be devastating. It can be devastating. You see that, Bruce? Mm. It wasn't devastating Mm. up until this point, but now all of a sudden it's devastating. There's nothing. I love this. There's nothing that's ever been less political than the coronavirus. (laughs) It's the the gall of this guy. I'll give it to you, Doc. You got a set on you. I mean, the coronavirus doesn't care if you're a Democrat or Republican or what your religion is or what your ethnicity is. We're just food for that thing. Okay, that part I agree with you on. Mm. That part I agree Mm -hmm. with you on. Viruses don't discriminate. I will give I will give you that. That's that's indeed a fact. That's true. They don't discriminate. But the people managing the virus discriminate. You can bet Mm -hmm. your bottom dollar on that one. Understanding that a second shutdown would be devastating for many people. You think 
it wasn't devastating the first time? What do you think it's going to do this time? I think a lot of people would love to comply with the orders. No, they wouldn't. No, they wouldn't. <laughs> Dude, but they okay, need to put well, food on the table. Hold on. Yeah, go ahead. Go on. Oh, hold on. The, this, the, they want to comply with the... No, okay. So here's the thing. I think he's alluding to people want to inherently do what's, what they think is right. I think that's what he's kind of going towards here. Um. Yeah, well... I mean, yes and no. So, yes, I, I believe American people want to do what's right. But the, the catch is they were willing to capitulate for a time because they it was hurting their business. It was hurting their livelihoods. And they capitulated. They did. Yeah. They did what they were told. They tried to, you know, lessen the curve. And here we are now. You're, you're telling us everybody didn't do it. Uh, which, you know, majority of Americans businesses before the government even mandated all this stuff, 90 percent of uh, uh, the businesses were, you know, like um, interactions and whatnot were down. So you're telling me Americans didn't do that. I, I cannot say the words I want to say on this podcast because we're censored. Right. The, the kind of language I want to use for this is uh, this infuriates me when they when they say this kind of thing. The American people did do what you asked. And you know what? Now the American people are saying it didn't work. It didn't help curb it. Look at the states that did do it and look at the states that didn't that said, you know, do your own thing, self-govern. They're having the same numbers per capita as other states. So South Dakota that had like Cal like, yeah, like look at California that's had a mask mandate the entire time and it has been shut down almost the entire time. And yet they're just as bad as other states that didn't really have a mask mandate and everything like Florida. So, no, don't give me this BS, Dr. Whatever. Uh, no. Dr. Porso is his name. Uh, uh, whatever. I mean, that, that's all he's earned from me. He goes on here to say, a lot of small businesses need help. You think? You, th you think? So what about the ones that aren't coming back? How about those, Doc? So I think as long as we support people that we're asking sacrifices of, people will understand. Um, Doc, I don't understand. We remind you that history has eyes on you. Yeah, okay. All right. Well, what's history going to say about uh, about people that come out and say stuff like this? Obviously, you need to take it seriously and do the kinds of things that the CDC and the Department of Homeland Security are doing. But this is not a major threat for the people in the United States. And this is not something that the citizens of the United States right now should be worried about. OK. And is history going to have their eyes on... I don't know, the uh, the New York City health director. Now, Bruce, we're going to talk about New York here in just a second. But mm -hmm. remind me again of the numbers in New York. R remind me again of the, the numbers up there. Could you tell me how bad was it in New York as compared to other countries? Could you, could you remind <laughs> me of that? Uh, yeah, per capita, they were the worst in the world. They were the worst, you say? Mm -hmm. The worst. Yeah. They, were the, they were the worst as in deaths, infections, yeah. all of it, right? The worst. Yeah, yeah. The, the, okay. For example, right. the, the the wonderful plan that they had of sending patients that had been confirmed infected. Uh huh. Uh, they were quarantining them in retirement homes uh -huh. with the most vulnerable among us, and uh -huh. it killed at least sixty four hundred. Okay. That's well, the only, that's all they they kept track of because if okay. any of them died in a hospital, they didn't keep track of it. Okay. As a well, retirement home. Death, would you so. say? Mm -hmm. Would you say, based on on the numbers you were you're kind of referring to, and and the um, the way that they're compared to other countries, just as a state, right? Not we're not talking. We're not comparing mm -hmm. the U.S. We're comparing the state of New York. Based on those numbers that we saw, would you say that that was an area of the country that was prepared 
to deal with that kind of a crisis? Mm-hmm. No, no. Uh, sorry, no? I, sorry. I, I, I misspoke here. Here, hang on. They did everything right, and we should take note of what they did. Oh, oh wait, no. Okay. That was what Fauci said. We should oh, take note of okay. the worst nation in the world and take note of what they did. But anyway. Okay. All right. Uh, well, I would like to play this clip here of the the New York City Director of Public Health. Now, I would like to know, based on what we know now and the kind of numbers mm-hmm. we've seen out of New York, which is by far the worst, but Fauci saying it's the best, what's history going to say about about this person, right? Let's take a listen to this. The risk to New Yorkers for coronavirus is low and that our preparedness as a city is very high. There is no reason not to take the subway, not to take the bus, not to go out to your favorite restaurant, and certainly not to miss the parade next Sunday. I'm going to be there. <laughs> the the parade that was canceled. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the parade that was canceled. The, uh, the the subway that was an absolute disaster. The poor mm. MTA workers down there that had to deal with that. We played clips of them here in the conditions. And, and I'm not going to blame the, the sanitation workers for that. I mean, I'm sure they were probably doing the best they could. But when you've got those types of conditions... The, sit, the city subway system turned in, and I'm not blaming the MTA for this. The city subway system was turned into a rolling homeless shelter across the city and across the boroughs. You had people dying on the subways. That actually happened in a few cases that we knew about. Mm-hmm. And what do you get? You get Governor Cuomo with a photo op cleaning a subway car, a brand new subway car, a brand new subway car. Mm-hmm. Yep. So how's history going to look at them? Is history going to have their eyes on people like this? Or are they going to have their eyes on people that are, quote, not doing what they're told? Because if we listen to the people that are, quote, doing what they're told by these people that have not a clue what they're doing at all, then who's history going to blame more? It's going to be the people that are victorious in all this, isn't it? History's written yep. by the victors. Isn't that how it is? Yeah, see, they're uh, banking on that. Exactly. It. They're banking on that. Just a little trip down memory lane there. Uh, by the way, that New York City health director, that was uh, that was taken on. It was March, wasn't it? Uh, that would be March Excuse me. No, that was February 2nd. February 2nd. February 2nd. Okay. Which, by the way, that parade, I don't know if you said it or not, that parade never happened. So yeah, I did say that, yeah. You did. Well, not only that, New York didn't shut down. New York, New York City, I don't think it shut down until uh, the end of March. I want to say it was yeah, pretty so it was late another, when they started shutting things yeah, down. Yeah, it was like another month and a half, yeah. Yeah. Keeping with that, and we're talking about how history is going to be paying attention to these people. You mentioned Governor Cuomo and, and how great mm. of a job he did. And yes, you, you said something about nursing cover. homes. Yeah, you said something mm. about nursing homes. I, I don't mm-hmm, know what the, mm-hmm. is there. Is there something there? Is, is there some kind of a is there some kind of a connection you were trying to make? Is there a dot you were trying to connect? Is that mm, kind of what I was yeah. getting from you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Now, how we, uh, yeah, how he, he kind of put infected people on purpose in nursing homes to keep the death numbers high. And he killed uh, them, something along this. Yeah. Well, see, he's yeah. come out. He's come out uh, yesterday and he said that he was asked whether or not he was going to appoint an independent commission to investigate whether his policies were responsible for the surge of nursing home deaths in the state. And uh, Mm. his response was he believes that it's a political issue. Uh, He says, I think that it's it's the New York Post. Right. He says, I think it's Michael Goodwin. I think it's Mm. Bob McManus. I think it's Fox TV. He's talking about it's the mainstream media's fault. It's a political agenda that's being played here. It wasn't the fact that he actually did that. You know, the order that was conducted mm-hmm. on March 25th that, that required hospitals to send nursing home patients back to their facilities, even if they tested positive for COVID. And the leadership there for the for the retirement home, uh, I, I don't know if it's like commission or whatever. They were begging them to change that policy, literally begging them. 
and they would not change it. So yes, I, I have no no sympathy, no remorse. Cuomo is the scum of the earth for the, the kind of stuff that he did. Uh, he should be put into prison for murder. Multiple. I mean, when, when do you when do you classify a genocide? Seriously, because that that was like attempted genocide of a of the elderly populace in New York. There's at least six thousand that died. At least, if not, uh, the the estimates I've heard is over ten thousand uh, because of the you know they didn't report the ones that went to the hospital and died in the hospital. Yes, the actual so, yeah, number that's oof. promoted. Yeah, and I believe it's probably upwards of that figure you just stated there. But they're reporting the numbers in in and around the six thousand to sixty five hundred range. Uh, since that's. Uh-huh. Yeah, New York total nursing home patients, by the way. Right. Cuomo has claimed that this policy did not cause the surge in nursing home deaths by citing the New York State Department of Health mm. study released on July 6th that said the nursing home mm-hmm. staffers were likely taking the virus into those facilities. See, it's all a big misunderstanding, Bruce. It's all a political issue. Right. It's all a political right. issue. Couldn't have been the fact so, that he signed in that executive order on March 20th. It couldn't have been that at all. No, no, of course not. It, it had to be. Yeah, it, it was someone else's fault. It was totally the freaking scum, man. Doing these kind of policies and, and enacting them. And then you can't even take you don't even have the kahunas to to take, you know, the the blame for for the, what you did. Uh, no, nah, what a loser. He does say in there in the press conference that he doesn't actually know of that policy when his signature is on me. the bill. He signed it. He signed the yeah. damn thing. Yeah. Or the executive order. Yeah. Wow. He, he knew. So either either you're incompetent or you were just, uh, you know, pushing it off on the other guy, the fall guy. And he's the one that took the fall for it. Well, to be honest with you, I'm not sure that that's going to matter because a, a bipartisan effort here at this point of national and state lawmakers, the, the New York state legislature, they're going to hold a hearing on this on August 3rd and August the 10th. So that's going to be coming up here in, in about a week or two. And they're going to look into this if rather or not there was any wrongdoing here. And you know something? If there's a bipartisan issue, if it's not... If it's not party politics, if it's not what Cuomo says it is, if it's not a political issue, if it's actual mm-hmm. looking into it, rather or not this guy actually committed mass murder knowingly and then ignored. OK, let's just say for the sake of argument, let's just say that it was a mm-hmm. mistake. OK, let's say that it was a mistake. OK, you still had what you pointed out. You still have the fact that the nursing homes were saying you've got to stop this. You've got to reverse this. We, we can't be having this. These people are dying. You're sending these people back here. This order is sending these people back here. And I remember back when we were doing the um, the coverage on that, you were screaming about it back then when it was actually happening, when we were seeing the deaths. Yeah, yeah. And again, I mean, it's just let's just say that it was an accident. You still that, that doesn't excuse. You still have the nursing homes across the state coming back and saying, we've got to stop this. And it was ignored. So you can make the argument that, oh, well, maybe he didn't know. He had to have known. He had to. That's no, what yeah, I was trying to make. Absolutely. Yeah. Let's see what the New York state legislature comes up with. I, I don't know. if Honestly, I, I really don't know that all that much about the New York state legislature. The state is a mess, but I can't really blame that entirely on the legislature. I can blame it on the ridiculous governor and that sidekick of his in, in Manhattan there. Uh, I can blame a lot of that nonsense on there because I know people that live in upstate and they say it's not that bad. I guess it all depends on on where you are. But in and around the New York City area uh, and all the surrounding areas, Nassau, Suffolk counties, Long Island, Long Island, oddly enough, is is pretty conservative. But yeah, it's just you've got that whole area up there. that's a wreck. And then, of course, you get across the uh, you get across the river there into Jersey and then you got to deal with Phil Murphy. 
you know, and he gets his <laughs> advice from Cardinal Joe Tobin. Right. Now, with all this argument here, you've also had Cuomo's come out earlier this week, and he said many restaurants in New York State are skirting such regulations, offering patrons small amounts of food in order to ostensibly satisfy Governor Cuomo's meal mandates. See now, Bruce, the government's going to mandate what you can and what you can't eat. They're going to mandate what is food that you can order and what is not food. Mm. So is that you, Michelle Obama? <laughs> yeah, right. The food program. So, for uh-huh. example, for example, restaurateurs throughout the state are directed to serve alcohol with sandwiches, soups or other foods, rather fresh, processed, pre-cooked or frozen. The liquor board in its updated orders clarified what constitutes as other foods. Other foods which are similar in the quality and substance to sandwiches and soups, the rule state. For example, salads, wings, or hot dogs would be of that quality and substance. However, a bag of chips, a bowl of nuts, and candy are not. So, okay. The government's trying to now mandate, the state governments, by the way, are now trying to mandate what classifies as a meal, which I can't say I'm surprised at any of this, but when you have a government coming out and you're saying, well, now we're going to tell you what food is. Uh, um, No, I'm sorry. What's food to me is not food to someone else. And what is food to someone else is not food to me. Someone goes to McDonald's, okay? That to me is not food. McDonald's is an essential business right now, right? Yes? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That is food to someone. To me, that's not food. So what? Because the state says that that's food, I have to accept it? Is that where we are? Who were they saying was the dictator again? The Nazi fascist? I thought it was it's Trump, right? I mean, it's that's who's causing right. all this. That, that's who they say is, is being the fascist. And then we see places like New York and actually doing, you know, yeah, I won't make the gas chamber reference there, but uh, you you can you can figure it out. You the the listener, you're smart. Cuomo and the uh, killing off the yeah. Anyway, it says here that many governors have instituted phased economic reopenings of their respective states, with each phase allowing slightly more economic freedom and activity than the one before it. See, as long as you do what you're told, then you get a little bit of your freedoms back. You see how that works? Mm-hmm. But see, they they want to keep you safe. They they just want to keep you safe. Numerous regulations in the, in several states stipulate that patrons may not. Order Order alcoholic drinks independently of ordering a full meal. Alcohol doesn't alcohol kill viruses. I mean, I'm not I, I'm not a right. drinker, but doesn't alcohol right. kill viruses? I, I just thought I'd throw that out. Yeah. Dining yeah. establishments across the country have exploited loopholes to get around those rules. Oh God, they want to keep their business open. Can you believe the the selfishness, the audacity of, of these people? Geez. It's just it's unbelievable. Many yeah. have opted to classify a few potato chips or French fries as a meal, thus formally satisfying the state's requirements while giving customers more flexibility in what they may order. You know what I say? That's the free market at work, right? That's the free market at work. Yeah. What about uh, what about those, uh, you know, chili cheese fries or something? You know, I mean, do they consider that a meal? Some or, to, or, well, to Wendy's, that's a meal. An appetizer. To, to Wendy's restaurants, that's a meal. True. In some places, it's nothing more than an appetizer. But nonetheless, you can make a meal out of those things. I was, I, this is why we're talking about this, because I had Cuomo. Right. Let, let's let's finish up on New York here. Right. So Cuomo earlier this week, he publicly criticized restaurants for allowing patrons to gather in groups to drink. Right. Now it's just you. No, you can't. You can't do that. Restaurants mm-hmm. were. This is his quote. Restaurants were never supposed to institute outdoor drinking. So you can't even drink outdoors. See, I thought walk up bars and outdoor settings were OK. The words are. This is another quote. The words are outdoor dining. They took outdoor dining and used it as an opportunity to do outdoor drinking. This is not what the regulations permitted. <laughs> um, not, sure I know, not sure I know what to um, say. I'm this. sorry. 
I'm, if I'm if I'm a business owner, I'm I'm going to tell the guy to get stuffed. Absolutely. I mean, it, absolutely. Everything else aside that he's done, right? Just specifically with uh, with this particular instance, I would say get stuffed. I'm doing my business. Like you told me to shut down, I shut down. Okay, now time business. And is they can't shut again. down again. You, you they can't. can't shut down again. Yeah. No. So unless you want a big big lawsuit, you know. I'm going to run my business. Sorry. Well, the state has now taken action and they've suspended more than two dozen liquor licenses since the regulations went into effect. California. Oh, you know, I, I wish oh. I had a, a liquor license. I wish I had, wish a, you liquor had a liquor license. license. <laughs> they, it, I wish I had one. And they tried to do that to me because the minute they did that, I'm slapping a big lawsuit on top of a man, half a million or, or half a billion or something, you know, I mean, like big lawsuits. So if they want to come in and say, OK, we'll settle out of court, you know, you get like 20, 30 million out of it. Yeah, that, that's what you go for. Anyway, in California, <laughs> this is just OK. In California, they're going even further with it. Governor uh, Gavin Mussolini, I think is what, <laughs> what they're calling. Yeah, him. yeah, yeah. In California, cheese sticks and pizza bites are completely off the menu. It's not possible. Those are not food, right? That's, that's no longer food. You've had generations of people raised on that stuff, and now it's no longer food. California State Governor Gavin Newsom, his state alcoholic beverage control agency, also issued a similar guidance earlier this month, forbidding restaurants from serving smaller dishes to get around the state's orders. Snacks such as pretzels, nuts, popcorn, pickles, and chips do not qualify as meals. Okay, I can I, I can kind of go along with that. You know, I get it. I get it. Nor do egg mm. rolls, pot stickers, cups of soup, or any small portion of a dish that may constitute a main course when it is not served in a full portion or when it is intended for sharing in small portions. Who comes up with this garbage? Like, seriously, who who goes to a, to a university to figure out how to write this stuff so eloquently, but it's so stupid? You know, actually, I'm I'm more stuck. I, I, got, I got stuck on the fact of when did our nation become so fascist that you have to have a liquor license to sell a product? I'm, I'm stuck on the you have to have a license to sell something. When when did you have to have a license to be a barber? You have to have a license to do it. When do, when do we come, become such fascists that we have to... Anyway. Uh, by the way, Bruce, if you think you're going to skate around that, any of what I just said, and order some ice cream, yeah, desserts are completely off the menu. Um, hmm. Well... So, so where, where, where did those riots end up going? You know, you, you know, the ones that, why don't where, we protest? You mean the protest at the state houses? Yeah. yeah. Well, see, yeah, why don't we they, protest at the state houses here? But see, you can't do that. If you go down to a state house or you go to a mayor's office or city hall, or if you go to their houses and you protest, which that's what a lot of the protesters are doing now. They're going to the houses of these people who they think that are on their side. Uh, it's not working out too well. Look what happened to Ted Wheeler up in Portland. What did he do? He went out there and he stood right. with the protesters. They threw water bottles and all kinds of crap at him. They hate you. Uh -huh. <laughs> they are, it's just ridiculous. No, uh, yes. actually, if you go down there. You're, here, you're here, killing people if you go there, Bruce. Well, I mean, here, here's an idea, though, uh, for you, for you, uh, you know, entrepreneur out there that may have an ice cream business. You know, why don't you just take your ice cream truck down there and gather up some protesters and you guys just have you a big old heaping bowl of ice cream and stand there and protest at the uh, statehouse or something, you know? Just not Something Ben and Jerry's, good. please. Just just not Ben and Jerry's. Yeah, they would be. I, I don't think they would stand for that. They're they're they're. Too much on board with BLM and, uh, you know, wearing a mask. Yeah. I don't think they would do it. OK, so McDonald's, since we're talking about food, right? McDonald's is one of those essential places. And I did mention it, right? McDonald's yeah. is requiring face masks in all U.S. restaurants, which I'm kind of where you were, Bruce, when we were, when I was kind of uh, discussing this earlier on. I said, yeah, they're doing this. And you're like, yeah, well, I don't go to McDonald's. I don't either. Yeah. But they're going to require that all customers wear face coverings inside the restaurants starting on the 1st of August. Why not now? 
If it's so dire, if it's so important, mm-hmm. if it's so mm-hmm. needed, why not now? Why the delay? If the delay is there, that right there should show that it's a fraud on its face. I can. OK, so when it's a business, I can kind of I can give them leeway here, right? Because it's a business setting a mandate and, you know, it's for their own business. Maybe they're in the process of getting logistics set up for their employees to have masks or, or something of that nature or providing masks for the customer. So, I mean, uh, without knowing the full details on that, I, I can't be too picky on it. But at the same time, the, the whole mask thing is just silly at this point. It is. I agree with you. It is. It is the business, right? It's their choice. I understand. Mm -hmm. I guess I was more keen on the side of the time period. Why are we waiting a week? Yeah. If it's so dire, if it's so needed, then why are we waiting? Marty made reference to it last night. He said they have a mask mandate that started. What is it today? Or yesterday? Yesterday. It was. Yes. Yesterday. Started yesterday. But they gave the order 10 days prior. So why wait to if it's so if it's so important and they do work, which they don't, but if they do work, then why the wait? Why the 10 days? It makes no sense because it's political. It's political. They yeah. have to do it yeah. out in the open and they have to show you that it is political to make sure that you accept it. It's you accepting their rule, knowing that it's a fraud that they're pushing on you. That's what it is. But they have to show you that it's yeah. a fraud. They have to push out. Yeah, we're doing this. And what are you going to do about it? That's the system pushing that. If it was so dire, if it was so needed, if it was if it was an emergency and everybody had to do it, then why don't they do it right away? Because it's not about yeah. that. It's not about that. I'm I'm in agreement. OK, so to be clear, I was I was playing devil's devil's advocate for, um, you know, the businesses. I I'm in agreement that it, it is. um it is political. It, it, this is all a political game to them. And even the businesses, I, I, I feel like it's just political posturing, you know, to try to make themselves look woke or they're, they're you know, they're the typical business stuff, right? You remember the commercials that we're all in this together. You know, we, we've oh, yes. heard about these. and One yeah, world together it, at home. That's all it yeah. is. Yeah. Florida mayors are urging people to wear masks at home, you know, because we're talking about masks. Okay. I don't actually see where they're doing that. These are a couple of mayors out of uh, Florida. And they're saying that now this is a quote from one. They're saying, I would tell our residents that and this is voluntary. This is not something that we can mandate that they should consider, particularly if they have a multi-generational household wearing masks indoors at times with their multi-generational residents and also respecting social distance when they're at home. We've heard GP talking about that before, but I take caution in the fact that, first of all, the mask thing, right? That's the first thing. The ineffectiveness of it, just based on, for, forget all this, you know, well, there's a study, there's a study. Yeah, okay. Why is the study coming out just now? Why hasn't it, like, we've been using masks for a century. Why hasn't there been a study to prove their effectiveness up until this point? And moreover to the point, I talked about the articles and the surveys that were done out of Science Daily last week. I made reference to studies that they put forth back in 2015, talking about how their global usage to the medical community should be discouraged, not encouraged. So why now are they all of a sudden effective? That's the thing you have to be asking yourself. But you see... You have mayors coming out and saying, oh, well, think of multi-generational residents, right? Think of think of more than just yourself. See, it's the same agenda here because mm-hmm. we've had such a high mm-hmm. level of positivity here in the Miami-Dade County area. You also need to start thinking about maintaining a social distance also from your loved ones for a while, for a while. You see, yes, I know it's a sacrifice, but I do so because, again, just because it's your son or your daughter or your cousin or your mother or your father doesn't mean they don't have COVID-19. You see, they have to make it personal. They have to hit you with that personal level, and it has to be on the level of family, people you're related to, your blood. It has to be that. 
they can't get you to do it largely. They can't get people to conform at a, on a mass scale out in public. You still have people that are bucking the system. You have several sheriffs around the country that are saying, yeah, we're not going to enforce this. What are you, nuts? Well, of course they are. But the mayors then turn around and say, well, think of more than just yourself. And then they bring the family into it because, well, you wouldn't kill your own family, would you? They have to make it personal. They have to get right at you where you know that it's going to cause you to second guess yourself as an individual. And they have to snatch that individuality away from you and make you part of their group. That's what it comes down to. You got pieces of garbage like my governor in the state of Ohio coming out saying this mask is a symbol of freedom. Go to hell, sir. That's what I say. How's that for freedom? Yeah, it's my freedom to tell you to go to hell. Mask is a symbol of freedom. Give me that nonsense. But you shouldn't get too discouraged. Right, Bruce? You shouldn't get too down. You shouldn't get too discouraged because mm. a second round of $1,200 stimulus checks could be coming. Now, how soon can you get those? Mm. How soon can you get those? Well, uh, see, they've been scrambling up there trying to figure out what to do. Now, wh why are we sending out more money? Why did we do it the first time? Congressional lawmakers want to include a second round of stimulus checks in the next coronavirus bill. The size of the payment is still subject to change. See, they want to make it higher, but could be similar to the terms of the $1,200 payment sent in the first batch. This time, Americans should receive their payment checks quicker quicker, you see. But questions linger for those who are still waiting on their first checks. We still have people that haven't gotten their first ones. Uh, in some cases, yeah. We talked about in the initial stages of what you can do in order to, quote, boost the economy. If you send checks to people, what are they going to do? Largely, I'm not saying everyone's going to do this, but the people that I talked to that received them, they didn't go out and spend. They put it in the bank or they paid off some debt. That's what they did. Or they put it in their vacation fund. That's what they mm -hmm. did. They didn't go out and spend it. So here's what you do. You don't send out checks to people. What in the hell are we thinking? You don't send out checks to people. Partner with one of these damn credit card companies, right? Pick any one of them. I don't care, right? They'll be happy for the business right now. Pick any one of these credit card companies, partner with them, set up a prepaid card program. You send them out to people en masse. You load up the cards with X amount of money and you say you have this amount of time to spend it or you lose it. It's that simple. It's that simple. You want to boost the economy and you go to any one of these businesses, they'll take it, right? So you want to boost the economy. If you want to boost consumer spending, then you put it to them in a system where they're not going to be able to sit on the cash. It won't work in, in the, the system that we're that we're currently in. Um, and the reason is, is the businesses are shut down. Where are you going to spend the money to boost the economy? Um, well, the, if you, if you have the non-essentials that are closed, yes. But if you have the essentials that are open, I'm talking, I'm thinking Walmart, Target and all that stuff. But I mean, OK, mm -hmm. I see your point. Yeah. And, and the other the other situation is for me personally, um, yeah, you're damn right. I'm going to sit on it because I don't know what's 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 coming up. You know, like, are they going to mandate that we we close down even longer? Am I going to have how how long am I going to have to stretch this out? There's so much in, uh, uncertainty with, with this. I would I would prefer the government not tell me I have to shut down and mandate that I shut down. But since you did, OK, you owe me losses and profit. So give me my money. Uh, because you're the one that told me to shut down, you know, and then once they give me the money, I will do with the money how I see fit. That's kind of my take on it. I, I don't think it would really work currently. Now, if this was like 2008 or something and we had like a bubble crash and we we, we decided to do some bailouts and stuff, absolutely, that would work, you know, have okay. something like that. And that would that would. But under the current thing where we have to shut down, no, I don't think it would, I don't think it would do any benefit to the to the people, let alone the businesses. So should we even consider sending it out? Because I, I think no. I think, no, we've sent out too much already. Yeah, I, I think we do need to send it out only because we shut everything down. If we wouldn't have shut anything down, no, uh, you know, don't don't do anything. But because the these governors and the mayors have have mandated it shuts, you know, the, the shutdown, 
you have to do something, you know, to, to keep these people afloat. Otherwise they're going to, you know, they're going to fall between the cracks and you, you know, you're going to be out of a lot of businesses, a lot of, a lot of revenue on the, on the federal level. And they can't, they can't have that, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I honestly, man, I, I think we've sent out too much. And again, they're talking about extending the 600 a week as well, right? I've been seeing talk about that the last couple of days. So we can mm-hmm. expect more of the 600 a week. Yeah. Hey, look, I'm not for, I'm not for the bailouts. I'm not for any of this, right? Uh, unfortunately, because they shut everything down, we're stuck in this situation now and we have to get ourselves out of it. And the only way out, unfortunately, is spending. I mean, now we're in a situation where we're going to have to hold politicians' feet to the fire and we're going to have to, I mean, take your stance and then they're not going to listen to you. And then you're going to elect somebody that says they're going to do something for you and then they're going to end up being a spineless, you know what? So, yeah. 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 And a new poll is out from the Associated Press. They say that half say that jobs lost to the virus won't return. So what are we supposed to do with that? I mean, what I mean, these are these are the numbers we were talking about in the initial stages. Right. When we first saw Mm -hmm. the shutdowns, we were talking about these kinds of numbers and what's going to happen to these numbers over the course of the next 12 to 24 months. Those are going to go even Mm -hmm. higher, aren't they? Because you're going to have the long term effects. You're going to have the bankruptcies and all that stuff. The ones that are in the process of not being able to make it now are going to have to close later down the line. Yeah. I mean, using as an example, I don't think they're going to collapse, obviously, because it's it's a it's a form of travel. But uh, let's use the aircraft industry as an example. You know, airlines, you take an airline and, you know, go on vacation or something. Well, now people are scared to go on airlines and travel, right? They're they're a little little concerned about that because of all the hype behind COVID-19. How long is that going to take before that wears off? You know, and if these loans, for example, uh, let's say they're unable to pay the interest rates and the, um, you, you know, the uh, principal, what, what are they going to do? You know, how long can they stay afloat? How many employees can they they furlough? You know, before they're like, okay, we're we're done. The business is is done. We we can't do anything. So you know, similar instance with these restaurants, these wonderful uh, rules that we just discussed in in New York and California, to where you're you can't serve certain things. Well, you know, I don't know if people have been in, uh, to restaurants and drank alcohol. Uh, these restaurants charge a huge amount of money for these. You know, you, you want to get a glass yeah. of wine. You're you're essentially paying for the entire bottle when you buy a glass of wine, for example. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, th- there is a, a good profit margin there. Well, they're not allowed to do that anymore. So they're not really able to stay afloat and, and fund the, even, uh, the employees. You can't even serve a slice of pie. You, you can't even serve right. a slice of pie and, and some ice cream at a diner. Yeah, which is that, that's absurd. I mean, how many times have you guys you've been out doing something and, you know, you you may have had like a like a late lunch or something. Right. And you're hanging out with somebody and you're like, hey, let's go get a slice of pie or something or a dessert or, or yeah. a, you know, some ice cream. It's a hot day or whatever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that. Yeah. So, no, it's we're, we're going to see more. We're, we're going to see more crashes and stuff. If, if we keep having these fascist dictators for mayors and governors. It's only going to get worse and you're only going to see people start moving out of these um, cities. You know, the the ones that are that are being fascist, fascistic, they're going to move to other states, cities that aren't and are allowing businesses to open. And, you know, we may see a big shift. Mm, this might be a good segue to if you want to talk election stuff, because. Uh, yes. Yeah, let's um, do let's do some election stuff. Let's talk VP well, stuff. Have they, has he picked the VP? Yeah. 
Or is he? I, I understand there's two picks now. Possible picks. Is this okay? So out of curiosity, is are the two picks? Are they officially his two picks? Like that's the two he's choosing from, or no. is this the media speculating? No, this, this is, is no, this is the media. No, this is the media. He hasn't oh, okay. said anything, and of course, his camp, mm-hmm. his his campaign hasn't said anything. He hasn't said anything because. Honestly, like I said, I mean, this is my opinion. I don't think they're going to put him on the ticket. I don't, I don't think they're going to put him on the ticket. Same thing with Trump. I don't think they're going to put him on the ticket. You notice the RNC was canceled. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I, I don't think they're going to. Yeah, I don't think they're going to put Trump on the ticket either. I, I mean, I, I hope I'm wrong here, but the GOP doesn't want him. The Democrats don't want Biden. Have you noticed that none of the quote top, none of the party elite, shall we say, except for you could argue Obama, but no one in the party structure in the U.S., as far as I can tell, have actually endorsed Biden. None of them. Where's Nancy Pelosi? Has Nancy Pelosi said word one about Joe Biden being a candidate? I haven't heard her say anything about um, it. I, yeah, so they they have been. I'm, I'm pretty sure they have. He's gotten quite a few endorsements because he's the, the last remaining. I mean, he's had like Biden and I think Warren has come out and done, you know, so he's had some of the major ones. But there's been a few that have kind of held their ground and said, well, he's not even officially the candidate. We we haven't even uh, we haven't even decided on that yet. So there's there's a handful that are that way. Which I think what did what the the DNC like um, spokesperson or something that was saying? Well, Biden's not even officially the the candidate yet. He's not. He's not. So yeah, and, and he's not exactly. So honestly, I, I don't think it's going to matter as far as who they pick for the the left because. If you look around the country, who's doing the the most damage to the, to the you know businesses and and people's lives right now? It's the left. It, it's so I, I don't care who they run. Even if Obama was to run again, you know, if he was able to, I don't even think he would win because right now the the left is the ones that are shutting everything down. They're destroying people's lives, and I, I think the American people realize that. And they're not going to they're not going to vote for that. And um, you'll see I, I think you're going to see another big wave of red. I know the media is saying it's going to be blue and, and, you know, it's it's but I, I, I think they're well, they said a blue wave last time. They did. I think they're full of BS. Honestly, this is this is the game I think they're playing. It's a if I shout a lie long enough, people will believe it. And I kind of feel like they're saying, oh, well, Biden's going to win. Biden's going to win. Biden's going to win. Trying to get people to you know, like pigeonholed, like get them stuck in this idea that Biden's going to win and and get that into their psyche and have no proof behind it. You know, when in reality, it's going to be Trump. I'm not a Trump person, right? I I don't, there's a lot of things I don't like that he's done. And I'm not a fan of him as a person. I don't really like the New Yorker mentality. Nonetheless, he's done some good things. And uh, he's done good by the nation so far. Like, so I would much rather have Trump than I would Biden or any of the other leftists that they could throw at us. You mean to tell me, Bruce, you don't want to outlaw all internal combustion engines by an executive order? <laughs> right. Yeah, that's... You, you that, don't want to, you don't want to completely 86... Yeah, you don't want an 86 civilization with a stroke of a pen. I mean, what's wrong with you? Mm. You just want people to die. Yeah. But no, I, I agree right, with you. Right. I, I don't yeah. like that New Yorker mentality. I know the type, right? That New York business type. I can't stand it, right? Now, that's I don't mean any disrespect to, to the good people of New York, right? I spent time up there. You men and women are great people up there. I love New Yorkers. But this attitude that he's got, this this shooting from the hip stuff, okay, yeah, he's, he can come off as brash. He can be crude and all that stuff. I get it. But honestly... 
I, I'm I'm with you. I don't like some of the stuff that's you know some of the issues that uh, that he's uh, that he's done. I don't agree with him on anything he's done with this environment nonsense. Right. I think that's gone the wrong way in that respect. And you know something, he's pissed off a lot of people by taking the stance and his administration taking the stance on the environment that they have. And I don't like that. But he's also done a lot of good things as well. Uh, he's been tough on China, which we've needed that for decades, and it hasn't happened. Yes. Yes. So I'll give him that. He's continuing to be tough on China. I'll give him that. Did you see what he did at the Did you see what he did at the White House just the other uh, day? Uh, he had all the little leaguers yeah. and he had Mar- Mariano Rivera out there throwing throwing a baseball around. I didn't see that. No. Yeah, the media didn't pay any attention to that. No, didn't pay uh, any attention to yeah. that at all. Not not one bit. And yeah, he was playing Trump was playing catch with uh, with Mariano Rivera. I, I have to say I'm quite I'm quite envious to be fair because that's I mean that's my guy. I I got I got a I got a piece of Mariano Rivera's jersey hanging on my wall. He's the only guy that's ever been unanimously elected to the Hall of Fame in history. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Where's the media on that one? Where were they? No. What were they doing? They were paying attention to Fauci throwing a ball towards <laughs> first base. I think it was. Did you see the pitch? Um, so I heard about it. I haven't actually seen the video. Now, I, I will say right off the bat, OK, because Fauci is I'm going to take the same stance that I take with Biden. Fauci's old or or older, right? Okay, yeah. So the fact that he did not throw the best of pitches, you know, I okay. can't really fault him too right. much because he is. But at the yeah, same time, you, this is you know, the you know, you know, the media is is kicking him a little bit because he was he was spotted in the stands sitting with people, not socially distanced, no mask. Oh, uh, yeah. So you mean, huh? Uh-huh. I mean, he, he may not actually believe it himself. What? Um, what? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But anyway, uh, back to the back to the election stuff. So, yeah, I agree with your uh, your stance there on Trump. I'm, I'm pretty much the same way. But the thing that concerns me is it's not necessarily the, the fact that the media is saying, well, there's going to be a blue wave. I can believe that to an extent. And let me explain why. I think that there could be because you have people out there that voted for Trump who were tired of the political games. They just wanted somebody in there that would resonate with him that wasn't a politician. And that's what Trump did. And he still does to a great extent. But a lot of people are upset. They're looking at his lack of action and being tough on this, quite frankly, insurrection that we're seeing across the country over there. And I think by them, that doesn't mean they're going to go out and vote for Biden. Right. What I'm saying is, is or or whoever they put up there, what I'm saying is, is that those people that came out, those millions of people that came out to put him over the top the last time in 2015, they're going to stay home this time. And that right there is is what's going to be the deciding factor is the middle of the rotors. I mean, you've got the the ones out there that are, you know, always Trump. It doesn't matter. They're going to vote for him no matter what. You're going to have that crowd that's locked up either way. Same thing with the hardline Democrats. You're going to have them locked up either way. But it's the ones in the middle you have to sway. It's people like us you have to convince. Right. We're the ones you have to convince because we don't believe in party politics. We believe in what someone stands for, what their ideas are. And more than that, based on what they accomplish. Now, I will give Trump credit for accomplishing certain things, but there's only so much that he can do when you have a stalemate Congress. And and it's been nothing but stonewallings and and nonsense investigations for the last three years that have turned up nothing. So now it's this. Now it's this. So my concern is that the American people are so frustrated. Our people are so frustrated that they're just going to stay home and sit it out. And that is what will cause the blue wave. That, I believe, is what will cause the blue wave. So I can see I, I see where you're coming from. And I could see that as being a possibility. At the same time, the media is pushing that there's going to be a blue wave. That's what they're pushing. So people that might be on the fence for Trump but are tired of 
these lockdowns. They're tired of the riots. They're tired of the lawlessness. They're not really hip on Trump. If they are t- believing the, the rhetoric that Biden is going to win, it may push them to go and vote. Conversely, it may also cause the the, the um, Democrat that is uh, they they were they were Bernie type, right? And they're they're going to vote for Trump because or not Trump. They're going to vote for Biden because they don't like Trump. Well, if they think, well, this is this is in the bag. We got this. It, you know, they may not vote. They may not show up. So it, I could see it going either way. It's it's kind of a it, it maybe a little of both. What's the atmosphere where you're at in your part of the country? You, you guys are you're in heavy Trump territory. What's the atmosphere? Yep. What's the the general idea you're getting from people that are around your your part of the country? What are people saying about Trump? Are you seeing Trump signs? Are you seeing Biden signs? What, what are you seeing down there? I mean, it's it's Trump territory. People are tired of the BS. They're tired of the lockdowns. They're tired of all the lies and the. So yeah, they're, they're around here. It's Trump. Yeah. Um, now. When you get into the cities, that's different. Uh, the big cities aren't, they don't, they don't have the same mentality. Honestly, I, I, I'm, from what I'm hearing from people around, around the country, when you get into the small rural areas, the people that are actually out there working and, and, you know, taking the time to do their own research, they're saying, uh, they're, they're for Trump, you know, they're, they're on board with that. It's these Democrats, the liberals that are, that are in the big cities, um, that are, that are pushing for the BLM, the left leaning stuff, you know? So yeah, Trump is what I'm hearing around here. Trump, good. You mentioned there about uh, getting into the cities and how, you know, it's a different atmosphere in the cities. Well, I mean, we know that it's, name me a city that's not blue, right? Name me a city around the country that's not blue. I think there might be what, one? I think there's one. (laughs) Yeah. And then there's a couple of independent ones, but that's it, right? And then you got Pelosi, right? She comes out and she says, people do what they do, right? They do what they do. But you've got people coming out and they're saying that, you know, you, certain journalists and stuff, they're coming out doing op-ed pieces. They're talking about how lawless Democrat-run cities are a preview of what Joe Biden's America would look like. I mean, for example, if you look at what's going on in Portland, we talked about Portland, right? They're te- I mean, and look at all the stuff that's going on around the rest of the country as far as like what they're tearing down with all of our statues. They're tearing down our history. They're stomping on our culture, on our traditions, all of it. What do you think is going to happen if... God forbid that they get back into power. And I'm talking full power because they're talking they're talking Texas. They're talking the Senate. They're talking. Of course, they're going to retain the House. And you're talking about Mm -hmm. the executive. I mean, there's your blue wave. You talk about hell on earth, man. You might as well forget it. I mean, you you might as well forget it. They're burning churches uh, down. They're attacking officers with bricks. They're throwing urine at them. They're throwing bricks. Did I say bricks? Yeah, they're throwing bricks and rocks and Molotov cocktails at them. Uh, They're burning down pawn shops with people still inside of it. They're shooting people outside of pawn shops. Mm -hmm. So they've been as far as I'm concerned. I mean, that's domestic terrorism. That's domestic terrorism. Mm -hmm. You want that in all Mm -hmm. of the suburbs across the country? Do you want that in all of rural America? Because I'm telling you right now, when you have radicals like this, and I'm talking about historically here, okay? historically, when you have radicals like this grab control of cities, when they grab control of cities, it takes a long time for them to grab other parts of the country. The Bolsheviks in Russia, for example, when they grabbed power, 1,200 people took over two cities, two. It took them five years to gain control of the rest of the country. And you know what Russia had to go through for eight decades? They lost 40 million of their own people from just starvation. That's not including deaths from military conflict, just starvation from government mismanagement. Is that what we want? 
Is that the road we want to go down? Then keep believing these people that are being touted by the mainstream media and by the Democrat Party as, quote, peaceful protesters. Keep believing that. Unfortunately, Bruce, we are out of time today. So for those of you who have not and you would like to, please do give us a follow over on the social media platform of Parler. Just like Twitter, only it's a little bit more friendly if you're looking for another friendly place to go. Meet some like-minded people. Post things where you're not going to get rounded on, at least not too badly. You do have some conflicting uh, posts in there that I've been seeing, but um, it's not too bad. Most, For the most part, people are, people are friendly. But we welcome all of your comments, your likes, your echoes, uh, your upvotes, uh, things of that nature. And we do like it when you drop us a line uh, and give us some feedback, good or bad. We would really appreciate it. You can follow me over there. I'm at Anderson 3 You can follow Marty at Marty Foster. Thank you for your time today, Bruce. And from all of us here, wherever you are in the world, we thank you for listening because it's all of you that listen that make this all possible. We love you and we love freedom and independence. And together we'll continue to fight for those in the marketplace of ideas. So we'll see all of you tomorrow.